Never fear, Better Buddies is here. Welcome back to Better Buddies. I'm your host, RJ. With us this week, we have Kelvin. That's me. And James. Hello. How are you guys doing this week? Not too bad. Not too shabby. How are you doing, RJ? I'm doing pretty good. Had a great meal. Got a little bit of uh, apple alcohol with me. It's nice. What, uh, is it Reds? No, it's Chris Kindle... Uh, apple uh, punch. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I've never heard of that before. Is it like a seltzer? German. That's it's awesome. It's basically alcoholic apple juice. Hot damn. What will the Germans think of next? <laughs> <laughs> they, all, they have these really great ideas, and then they have one that's like just really bad. <laughs> they have a bunch of great ideas. Well, they've had to balance Perfect. the scales. Yeah, yeah, they've really had to compensate. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Can you, can you imagine being part of a country, like growing up in a country that threatened the entire continent? It was on, it was on not once, I mean, but twice. Can you imagine that? <laughs> America kind of did that <laughs> <to> halfway. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, mean, but it's, it would depend on who you're asking for America. I think the, uh, the native tribes that were here before us would say that we threatened the continent. And that's true. And Mexico wasn't too happy when we uh, took Texas. Yeah, we fucking just nicked it from them. (laughs) And California. Well, it'd literally be like if the guests at a hotel went to the managers one day and were like, hey, uh, there's more of us than there are of you, so you're kicked out. Yeah, yeah, this is our um, this is an apartment building now. We live. Yeah. Here. No, you don't understand. no, you don't understand. This is a different country. Now. <laughs> no, no, no. This isn't a Best Western anymore. No, <laughs> this is a, yeah. It's a Super Eight. Uh, no, that's yeah. Poor guys. Yeah, but I've never seen like I remember learning about the Alamo very briefly. In school, but I've never seen. I know they made a movie about it, like a big. They made drama. a bunch. Yeah. yeah, I've seen the John Wayne one. Yeah, of course you have. Yeah, it's good. Great, it's great. <laughs> Spoiler: They all die. Hmm. Damn. I wonder who, how we could have known this ahead of time. How true is that story? That it was like a valiant, like I mean, I, I um, even in the context mm, of them, like I'm pretty the, the sure whole, it's yeah. yeah. It's like played up of like this great thing. I mean, they all did. They did make a last stand. Um, I don't know how. I think it was only a day or so. Yeah. And but, like, yeah. Uh, Davy Crockett was there. Pretty sure. Yeah. Daniel Boone. Yeah. A bunch of like the famous explorer rugged types of that day were there. But like. Holy shit. They died. They yeah, died. Dude. Yeah. A bunch, really? Like yeah. a bunch of famous explorers just like Crockett. fucking broke. Like, they were there to defend the Alamo, and they lost. That's <laughs> insane. Which is, part, helped fuel the, like, mythology around it of, like, all these what? great people in their desperate last stand. Yeah, like, Davy mm, kind of died at the Alamo. What if there was, like, an Avengers-style series of movies about, Oh, like, Daniel Bloom did not die at the Alamo. Oh. About, Davey like, did. famous American, like, explorers and stuff like that. I mean... And, like... Her big end game is a movie about the Alamo. That'd be fucking. I'd That'd be not entirely good. like. I would watch that, like like a series of like three or four movies, okay. and then it ends with that's like the Alamo. So however many like we gotta or whatever. we gotta put together this list. It's definitely not gonna be historically accurate, but that doesn't matter because yeah. it's Hollywood. Yeah, Davy Crockett, oh, yeah. Daniel Boone. Okay. Yeah. Uh, who was the Winchester? Daniel Winchester, oh, he was he was pretty cool, right? We'll throw him in. Uh, Lewis oh, and Clark got to be in there. Uh, Johnny Appleseed can be the medic. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Every <laughs> or the chef, yeah. Uh, but yeah, who, who else? Calvin, you got any ideas for this? Uh, totally terrible. Sorry, I was reading about Dave Crockett. <laughs> <laughs> there could be like. Uh... They should run into like an American president. At Theodore Roosevelt. 
Theodore Roosevelt. Uh, pre-presidency, Theodore Roosevelt like steps in and helps them out in a really big way, but then has to go on and yeah. be president. And Johnny Appleseed is the reason he survives the assassination attempt during his presidency trail. Yeah, uh, that's who I was thinking of. Not Daniel Boone, James Bowie. Oh, is that is that I the knew guy there was a Bowie, Bowie there? Yeah, the Bowie guy? as in Bowie knife. I'm pretty sure. Wow. Yeah, yeah. But Bowie right. was one of the co-commanders. It's saying. So yeah, we could totally do this like American Explorer Avengers. That would be so awesome if they were shot more less like Marvel movies and more like Pirates of the Caribbean and a whole like series of those and yes. then culminate in the end of all the characters like defending the Alamo that would be awesome that'd be a great movie I would totally watch that I okay. always thought too here's here's my picture we're in, we're we're at the end game and uh-huh. they're def- they're going to like they're setting up to defend the Alamo and it's like the magnificent 7 style like barricading and stuff and all that those that cool montage yeah. And the phone ring, the telegram rings in the in the White House, and it's Theodore Roosevelt, and he picks up, and he says, he picks up the the telegram, because phones weren't a thing yet, maybe, yeah. and he says, oh no, the Alamo needs me, and he, like, rushes off on a horse to go save the Alamo. <laughs> but he gets there too late. Yeah. And, uh, oh. da- Daniel Bowie is, like, crawling to meet him and hand him a letter. Uh, this uh, is remember the Alamo. He dies with like the letter. He like it's l- stained like, with the blood on his hand. Yeah, like Roosevelt finds him dead some distance from the fort. It's like, uh, yeah, he, uh, this morning. And of course, Roosevelt then declares that we must always remember the Alamo, and every yeah. day will be Alamo Day. Yeah, the, <laughs> every day <laughs> he changes all the days uh, of the week to just Alamo Day. <laughs> really fucks up production schedule. <laughs> yeah, and all major holidays other than Christmas and Hanukkah get changed to Alamo Day too, but they don't change in like festivity. <laughs> I can't wait to go wait, trick or treat. Fourth of July. Fourth of July remains Fourth of July, but you also oh, have yeah. to celebrate the Alamo. <laughs> yeah. You have to reenact oh. it. Oh, man, this is... Oh, hey, this ties really well into our icebreaker. Our Better Buddies icebreaker this week is, how do you feel about the holiday season? And oh my God. maybe we should just change the holiday season to Alamo season. To Alamo season. <laughs> the only season that exists ever. We're going to change the names of the seasons, too. You so have it's just to... Alamo all the time. <laughs> you have to celebrate Alamo season one day wow. for each hero that died in the Alamo. Yeah, luckily don't for know us, what there I was like. over three hundred of them. I don't know what it what I like more when it's uh, snow in Alamo or when I go to the beach, also in Alamo. Perfect. Calvin, <laughs> <laughs> you were saying there is between one hundred and eighty-five to two hundred and sixty men at the Alamo, but that Holy doesn't shit. count the women. Damn, <laughs> it might not. <laughs> Which means we could yeah. have year-round Alamo. <sighs> so close. But yeah, uh, for the how I feel about the holiday season, uh, change it all to Alamo, and I think yeah, I think the holiday season's pretty nice. Cookies yeah, exactly. And, just cookies and stuff. It's great. Yeah, I love December. Are we counting the holiday season from like beginning a little bit before Thanksgiving, or is it like do we mean December? Or I guess what does it... through New Year's yeah. Day. Yeah, that's usually what I think of the holiday season as too. It's like, uh. Halloween is like the little prologue for it, and it's like the little warm-up. You're getting ready. And then Thanksgiving is like the official beginning. Halloween is the Mardi Gras to the yeah, it's like winter holidays. Gras. It really kind of is, yeah. Yeah. No, I love uh, I love just like the month of December. I just love the snow and the feeling. Um, I love... I wish there was a channel year-round, and this is going to make me sound like such an old asshole, but... I wish there was a channel all year round that played um, like old hits from like the 50s and 60s. There is. Yeah, it's called Spotify. No, I know. But like on the radio, like that'd be kind of cool if they did that. I know there's like stations. They don't play like that stuff. I'm talking about. That's fair. You're talking like, yeah. I'm talking Bing Crosby, like that stuff. Like, uh, fuck, who's the guy who sang? 
Sinatra. Sinatra. Beyond the uh, Sea, whatever, whoever sang that, I forget. Bobby, uh, fucking something. <laughs> but yeah, doesn't like Sirius XM have stations for that? So you just gotta pay for it. it. It does, yeah, but I'm talking just on like the standard radio because I have so I have an alarm clock that I use to wake up for work on top of my phone just in case one fails. <laughs> um, Smart, yep. yeah, and uh, I tune it to the radio stations, and sometimes I will literally just sit in my room and listen to the music on the radio because it's almost kind of nice just having that set station there instead of like a Spotify thing or something. Oh yeah, because um, it feels just more focused. Uh, but, I, I like the radio because I have less choice over the songs, and sometimes that's good. Yeah. Well, you kind of you know what you're getting, like, and you're forced to listen to songs you may not necessarily choose to listen to or throw in yeah. your playlist, which I kind of like sometimes. Yeah, it can like a song can definitely grow on you as much as mm-hmm. it can get old. I think. I, yes. like, I got I got I do that with the radio too. I got the uh, '70s, '80s, '90s station top hits. Yeah. You know what I love about the 70s? It's like, that was like the decade of the saxophone solo. Yeah. Like mo- most major artists like had some kind of like sax solo. Like David Bowie did it a bunch. The Rolling Stones fucking, well, obviously the Allman Brothers, but yeah. Tell me about you, holiday season. What I think about it? Yeah. Uh, Kind of indifferent, honestly. I enjoy the break it usually means in stuff. Like, it's usually an excuse to take a break and whatever you're doing, you get off of school, you get off of work. I mean, that's always nice. Um, But especially as I've gotten older, it's just kind of like, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of another, it's another day. Fair. I like, I, I like, uh, almost the like sentimental finality of it. Like mm-hmm. it really does a lot of like our time and how it's structured is pretty arbitrary when you go back to like how they made calendars and shit like that and how those have kind of evolved. Um, like, cause they used to pull calendars like and to cobble together from like astronomy and agriculture and like trying to get everyone on the same timetable. So it ends up being a little stupid, but it's like this, how these like holidays are placed feels like perfect. It's like closing out the year with Christmas or like a season like that. Um, what? Cause a lot of people are celebrating stuff and then it's like a new year and it's like, and a lot of the, wait. a lot of the celebrations that do arise, whether it's Christmas or et cetera, are all about like day. people and family and the people you care about and like just being happy and good because happiness and goodness exists in the world. Yeah, and I don't know if that's, like, obviously I feel that because there's a deep groove of, like, nostalgia for that pattern that is created in my life. But I do feel like even beyond that, like, just the year itself, like, just how the weather is, you know what I mean? Like, everything, at least here, it's, like, everything's winding down, going to bed, and it feels like it wakes up to me, like, January 1st. It's like, ah, new year, all right. Um, New year, new me, but that's for two weeks from now. 2021 is going to be insane. Can't wait, guys. <laughs> either going to be a year-long riot or a year-long block party. I'm excited for either one. Why not be both? To... Yeah, I know. that. Then it would really be like a party. Cool. Our next segment is Better Buddies Recommend, where we recommend a piece of media to enjoy. <clears throat> uh, what do you guys have to uh, recommend this week? I got one. Go for it. Hell yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys know him, but the YouTuber Mark Rober mm-hmm. is pretty famous. Have you guys heard of him? Nope. What did he do? Um, he used to be an engineer at NASA. Oh, he, he worked on the latest Mars rover. Um, and then I'm pretty sure he worked at Apple for a bit as an engineer. He's still pretty young, and I'm pretty sure he's retired because oh, okay. making that bank at NASA and Apple. Uh, <laughs> oh, how young uh, he's probably in his late 30s Whoa. 30s i i can't Whoa. tell i'm a horrible judge of age but he's either in his late 30s early he like i'm here let me see if i can find a photo of him but he uh he can't be that old and i mean um he's yeah 40 years old um wow. and i don't know that he's retired 
Um, but he went from uh, NASA and I'm pretty sure Apple to doing YouTube. Um, so I'm pretty sure he's well off. Anyways, uh, yeah. I digress. Um, he, but yeah, so he's an engineer and um, he does a lot of like these kind of science based um, videos. A lot of the times with engineering, he did this one really cool video where he set up uh, a uh, obstacle course for squirrels in his backyard. That. Yeah, a lot of his videos go viral. Um, and the one that I saw today that made me want to recommend him is uh, he did his um, third now video of what he does is he's engineered this package that's filled with phones and he puts it on his porch for people to steal because people are constantly stealing packages nowadays. And he had a package stolen off his front porch. So to kind of get back at that, he built this contraption with four phones in it so it could record all the way around it. And it had a, like a thing that would dispense glitter and like horrible smelling fart spray and like audio and stuff and to like freak it out. And he could GPS track it so he could get it back. Um, nice. And it's just a video full of like shots of people stealing his package and then they open it and it just dispenses glitter everywhere starts doing fart <laughs> spray that smells terrible and like is like at one point it just starts counting down it's just like detonation in 10 <laughs> 9 8 and you just see people like freaking out and just like chucking it out of their homes um, they should, and you, they should and you just do don't it. feel bad for these people because they're just stealing packages from people yeah they should you should use that footage in like a commercial or a PSA. It'd probably be pretty effective. I wonder because I'm a, I'm actually surprised they haven't done like some commercial or video PSA about like telling people just don't fucking do that. I'm, I'm surprised <laughs> they're not doing it with like the sad kid on Christmas, where it's like, hey, you're stealing presents away from a child. You're oh, literally yeah. taking yeah. candy from a baby. Yeah, yeah and it's it's pretty. Yeah, the the package. The and there was a bad one in like today. Um, the video that came out today kind of spoiled it a little bit, but I mean, you can't really spoil it. Yeah. But one of the clips is like the, it's a mom and her kid and the mom's like talking to her kid, talking to the kid and the kid's like, it felt, it feels pretty good stealing. And it's just like, oh my God, you're just like corrupting Jesus. this kid. And yeah. like reward, and he's in, and it's like a package that it's like a fake package to look like headphones or whatever. And the kid asks his mom, like, oh, can I have, like, the earbuds? And she's like, no, this is my Christmas present. And, like, and, like, and she's like, we'll talk about this later. And, like, and it's just like, God, this is a horrible parent. Like, <laughs> because it's like, I, yeah, it, it, they're not stealing for, like, survival, which yeah. can be, like, to an extent excused because it's just like, if, you're, if your choice is between death and stealing, yeah, I don't blame you. You're gonna steal yeah. a lot, and yeah. but this person is not doing it for that reason. They're just stealing because they want things and they don't want to pay for it or put in the time to earn it. And it's just like, and they're teaching their kid that, and it, it's just like it's pretty bad. Oof. But his video, like trolling all of these people, is pretty great, and I highly suggest you watch them. And he, like, based a lot of his stuff kind of, like, as a joke off of, like, Home Alone in the first yeah. one is, like, kind of, like, he's, like, oh, I went full, what's his name? Something McAllister. Oh, uh, Kevin. 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 He was, like, I went full yeah. Kevin McAllister and, like, did all this stuff. And for last year's, his second one, he actually got Macaulay Culkin to come out and be in the video with him and nice. help him on the project. Um, That's yeah. awesome. No, it's super cool. And I, I highly suggest watching that and like all of his other videos. They're pretty they're pretty great and entertaining. The squirrel obstacle course one is oh, awesome. It's dynamite. Cause like I saw it on Facebook and I scrolled past. I was like, okay, yeah, whatever, squirrel obstacle course, whatever. And then later in the day, my dad's like, Hey Arjun, did you see this? And I went and I was like, Oh yeah, I, I, I scrolled past that. And I was standing there I was watching. And I proceeded to watch there and just watch the rest of the video. Because I just great. got so engrossed. But cool. James, what do you got? I have got, uh, I don't know. I'm like waffling, but this was one of the first times I didn't come with a recommendation. Do you need, do you need another few uh, seconds? Um, Cause I can give you a few no, seconds. I can. Do you have one you want to say? Yeah, I'll do mine. I'll do mine. Okay, okay. So my recommendation is a book. 
Uh, it is called Golem, Book One of the Identity Trilogy, uh, based on the Android franchise uh, by Fantasy Flight Games. What is it about? So, it's set in uh, New Angles, Angeles, whatever. It's not in America. Oh. Uh, it's in, like, Southern America. It's not in USA, I should say. It's in Southern mm. America, and it's set in the future where there's, like, a space elevator Ooh. to a platform in orbit, and then you can, from there, to, like, the moon. Uh, mm. There's... But the, the main premise is the main character is a bioroid, or an android, whatever, who is one of two being prototyped for work in police. Uh, because the whole point of these bioroids is like to supplement is to uh, supplement humanity, not replace them. So it's this exper- it's the experiment of like, hey, can we have these more advanced versions of the androids on the police force without replacing real human officers. And the main character is the only bioroid to ever be a detective. And it's... I mean, I'm not going to say it's, like, award-winning writing, but the author is a prolific author who's written for Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Shadowrun... Uh, it sounds. It sounds like it'd be kind of pulpy, but in a very good way. pulpy, in yeah. a good way, a pulp and noir, but in a good way. And it's like the main mm-hmm. the main android book opens with him like having memories that he doesn't like. He's in experiencing a memory, but it's not him. Okay. Uh, so it's like that mystery, and then a couple of murders that are all tied together, and how like all the pieces are falling into place. But now I, I picked up book one a year ago from a used bookstore. And if I'm remembering correctly, they had book two, but I don't know if they had book three. But it was also a year ago, so they might not have book two anymore, so I gotta go check. But it was a really fun read, and like, it was all your typical sci-fi stuff of like, how, like moving tattoos and nanites to, that he fixes himself on the run and can take tons of bullets. And he's got a, wow. because he's a robot, he can like go into his mind office fascinating that's so does it ever get like too corny um never got too corny oh okay there weren't any parts that you like cringed at because that doesn't mean the whole thing is like cringy it just means like even in books that i like sometimes i'll read stuff and i'll be like that doesn't sound like too good um nothing stood out to me i think it helps that it's being told from the first person point of view of this robot yeah so any points that are awkward, you can kind of attribute it to, well, he doesn't understand human interaction. They at least feel like natural within the context of like, the yeah, story. yeah. you can have like, you can have good, awkward or like cringeworthy moments, um, like intentionally, like you can, you can design that pretty well and they can be pretty fun to read too. So there's some stuff, I guess, like cringy isn't the right word. It's like amateurish. I guess you, like you ever, you probably found that in certain books where you've like, yeah. read it. And you've even been into it, but you're like, ah, this feels a little, like, second I mean, grade. The, about good, the author, but... the author is Mel Odom, and he is the author of over 140 books in science fantasy, science fiction, fantasy, and tie-ins. Okay, so he knows his shit. He knows his stuff. He's also <laughs> He's a, uh, teaches, he teaches at the University of Oklahoma in the professional writing program. Oh, fuck, Oklahoma sucks. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. I, I, like, the people don't. That state is fucking garbage. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I've driven through it once, and it was just nothing but barren highway and, like, depressing-looking trees and trash on the road. And So it's perfect uh, for writing because you need to escape. It's perfect. It's like, yeah, like the people who get out of there are either really twisted or they're really just good people. Like, good on you for living in Oklahoma. Because I know that someone somewhere else would probably say the same thing about Wisconsin. No, they wouldn't. We have beer and cheese. Yeah, we're all cozy. Oklahoma doesn't even have that. Well, they got, they probably have alcohol. I don't know. Maybe they have to fight each other. Everyone has alcohol. Abandoned gas stations with it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, that's my recommendation. It was a fun read. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, do you have yours now, James? 
I do. That actually gave me that gave me an idea. Um, I think we've talked about it before. I don't know if on the podcast, maybe, um, but I think we've talked about it like together. Uh, the Man in the High Castle, the book. Oh, it's so oh, good. It's the uh, alternate history. Uh, yeah, Phil K. Dick. Um, yeah. I believe that's his first published novel. I think that's his really? first. It's like his first one. I, I think so. Like, maybe he had compilations of short stories or something published before. I think it's his, like, debut. I've written some other ones I don't know. I can't remember for sure. But I think just as a writer, it's really interesting reading that book. Because he does such a good job at, like, setting up really great worlds. The biggest problem with his stories is his characters kind of suck. And yeah, kind of, just for those people who don't know it, that's the alternate history where uh, Nazis in Japan win World War II and divide America, right? Yes, exactly. So yeah, yeah I mean, not really evenly. <laughs> no, no, it's like there's a there's a bunch of like geographic zones that are divvied up. Basically, like the Western United States from the Rockies on. This is very rough. From the Rockies on to the the east is West like coast. A, oh, the east coast, yeah. East coast just assume Nazi Germany like occupies it. And then from the Rockies on west, it's uh, it's Japan. It's okay. In, it, it's and Japan there's kind of like a no man's land independent-ish west. zone mm-hmm. in the center. That's like the Rockies, but it's like also let, you're led to believe that is pretty much also a proxy state for the Nazis. Yeah, it's basically like they're there. Um, and like, especially uh it's very interesting because it's like it, it especially when you read some of the stuff um like one of the characters is the owner of an american antique store yes um, in like occupied san francisco basically um yeah. i think it, it, it's one of the cities bless, bless you. you and he uh it's just a fascinating look into this guy like well, isn't, Japanese... um, isn't a big thing with the japanese side is uh old americana is yeah like wanted yes. it's so there's, man, it's there's seen, like fakes yeah it's seen as something that like a flashpoint in history that won't happen again um because japanese when they visit san francisco are because they were they're part of winning team are like an upper class on top of everybody else who lives there but there's a really interesting dynamic that develops between like quote unquote native americans and like the imperial japanese who live there now because they occupied that territory yeah Yeah. um it follows that character the character like there's a bunch of different characters you meet you don't i I don't think ever the book never goes uh east so you don't get to see like a nazi boston or anything like that if you want to just go to boston no just kidding um (laughs) no (laughs) but um the world building is really good and it's like this is really cool i think my biggest thing with him is his character work is not super awesome it's mm-hmm. kind of like the the plot the the characters themselves are interesting as components of the larger story and world but they're not really that compelling um and to be fair i think like the point that he tries to make in some of his early writing is mainly just building a world and then putting you into it. And you get to kind of see this world from different characters' perspectives. Like it takes the focal point. Um, yeah. So it's, it's an interesting book. I think people should read it. I've only read um, The Man in the High Castle and Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep. Well, the no, Amazon I... did a live series for Man in the High Castle, didn't they? Yes. yes, they did. They and it's completely episode. different than the book. Ah. Yeah, I've seen I've seen a few like episodes of it. But not a few episodes. I've seen a few clips online. And the thing about like book that I don't know if TV could really get right is like there is a lot of nuance between the relationships of like the cultural relationships that have developed in this world. Post <laughs> this alternate World War II. And like Saw a scene from the show, spoilers, I guess. I don't know anyone who, who cares too much, but like there's a scene from the show where a young man gets pulled over. He's in the East somewhere, like maybe in the Midwest. He gets pulled over by an American cop, and this is in like the 60s or something. And the American cop is like, cool. He, he looks like a regular cop. He's kind of fat, and he's got like a Nazi armband with like mm. the American flag. 
Like it's like some alternate thing. Yeah. It's yeah. like the show really hypes up like there are Nazis here instead of like the Americans in the book have no choice. Yeah. It's like, yeah, they're they won. Like, <laughs> like yeah, and it's just like that's just yeah. what it is. That's the reality. It's not like they're not rolling over and like bending and spreading or anything, but the Americans are just like shell shocked. They're like, holy fuck, like we lost. Um, and that's like such an important part, I think, of the book is that cultural attitude of the Americans towards like the people who occupy them, and that's something that the show seems to lose. Also, the show focuses a lot on like this idea of the resistance and they're forming a resistance to like the Nazis and to a lesser extent, the Japanese, I think to an extent the Japanese are played off of like, yeah, they are conquerors. Yeah. They did all these bad things and they won the war, but they're like, yeah, but they're, they can be kind of forgiven, but not the Nazis. And like also in the, in the show, the, the man in the high castle is like a series of films from like an alternate timeline that somehow exists in this timeline and they're up and like the film are like actual films from our timeline and that's what inspires this resistance whereas in the book um (laughs) some spoilers again for the book but it it doesn't really it's not really a way to spoil the book because it's kind of weird um but the man in the high castle is a book about uh the an alternate history in that world where the allies win but it's not like this call to arms thing and it's no. kind of just like it's also kind of implied that it was written by a uh a Taoist or not a, not a Confucianistic um I Ching divination yeah. it was yeah it's written by Confucianism yeah. like divination is how the guy wrote it and it's kind of like what <laughs> I've thought about that though before too, because um, so there's a direct parallel, like there's a Japanese um, executive who works for like a shipping company that's stationed in the United States. And he's the main perspective of like a Japanese upper class mm-hmm. guy who is like living and operating now in, in this country and views it as like occupied territory. And he uses the I Ching, like ritualistically. He uses it yes. to like determine his affairs in business and life. And he asks it questions. And there's like a, if, if, if I'm remembering it correctly, it's been a while since I've read it, but he's kind of like, he wants to figure out a way to essentially like, he wants control. Yeah. He uses the IG yeah. because it feels like it gives him like guidance and it has a purpose. But the way that then it's reversed with the author who's writing this alternate fiction, which is our like, reality like our real life is almost the message that it's totally just by chance it's like totally random like it it, he uses the i ching he uses it as a means of control even though it's or as a means to like to give himself the illusion of control despite it being random it's, it's the idea that you can't do anything to stop the outcome of life Sometimes things will just happen. Sometimes things happen in a way that you're like, this feels wrong. The best you can do is just accept that they've happened and like move along. Because when they go to, there's two characters who visit the author at the end of the book and that's where it's like, we're <laughs> yeah. and stuff. And he's, he comes off as like kind of a plain guy. He's not like a mystic. He's, he's not throwing like, a party when they throw up and he's just kind of having a party. And yeah. they're like, and he, oh, you wrote this book. And it's like, they're looking for this deeper meaning as like a call to arms. Like we need to fight these people. And like, this is the America that it could be. And this is the world that it could be. And he's just like, no, it's a book. <laughs> I wrote boring. it for fun, my dudes. <laughs> yeah, he's no, so- not even that. He's just like, oh. I didn't, he, and it, it, I always got, I kind of get where you're coming from. I didn't really fully pick up on that, James. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's been a while for me as well. I, I kind of read that there was this kind of weird implied, there was like an applied mysticism almost to the Oracle, but in a, in a way of just like the guys like, yeah, I didn't really write it. The Oracle did. And that's just what it is. Like, there, yeah. like there, there, it, it, there is like this kind of mysticism behind its origin, but the, there is also at the same time, no deeper meaning. Yeah, I think I think you're I think you're right. I think there is like another dimension to that to that relationship. Um, 
like I should probably reread this book again. Yeah, but I same. do, I do. I don't know. It's just a great example of like a younger writer and great, like some of the best world building I've ever seen. Um, it, like it's it's a must read, I think, for science fiction fans. I think if you like science fiction, you're gonna get like he he's like a landscape painter. There's no yeah. better. Um, it's not like oh I don't know. Science fiction has never been like quote unquote high art or whatever, but that doesn't mean it can't be good. Okay. There, it, um, it's it, it's rough on the edges, but it can be awesome. It can be really good. It can do stuff that other high art can't. Cool. But I would. I would recommend uh, The Man in the High Castle, the book, for certain. And then maybe watch the show to compare, but I haven't seen it, so I can't. Yeah, I watched a bit of the show, and it's like, if you want a kind of interesting action show that Mm. takes place in that world, then I've heard good things about it, and like it's well-produced, well-made. The actors are really great, Um, but... It besides the setting that's and the fact that there's a thing called the man in the high castle, that's the only similarities. And yeah, then go read like his that. uh his truly best book, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep. <laughs> that's a great that's a good book too. It's a really good book. But Minority oh. Report. Nah. I haven't I haven't read the short story. I think I've seen the movie. Yeah. yeah, I've seen the movie. I do like Minority Report. Um it might be the last. Well, I would say it's the last Total World Recall. Kill type movie. Total Recall is awesome. I which one? I've uh, seen the, the Arnold one. I haven't the seen Arnold the one. Great. I enjoyed I, the modern one. Is a crappy action film. Yeah. Oh yeah. I can totally. What's Total well, Recall? It's probably, like remind me. Yeah. It's a. Uh, um, so I haven't read the short story. It's based on right. but the movie. The movie is basically about this guy, who. Um, he, he like wakes up, he goes to like a dream facility or a memory facility yeah. to go on a vacation. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's the thing. And that, and then the movie becomes like, it's like, is it a memory? Am I currently living in a memory? Or is this like, is this real life? Like how much of this is implanted? How much isn't? Um, yeah. It, like it's he like, wakes up, oh, go ahead. Uh, yeah, it's kind of funny because it's like, it's taken seriously, but it's got this goofy like, 80s 90s camp to it that makes it really fun to watch it's it's really fun to watch and it's still it's made by the same guy who made uh it's paul verhoeven yeah uh, same guy yeah. troopers you can tell <laughs> and you can't it's 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 great um but yeah that would be that's the arnold schwarzenegger movie cool our next segment is how to be a better buddy where we give some real and some humorous advice our first question this week is a little bit of a doozy. How would you treat a friend poacher, someone you barely know who invites your friends out and excludes you? Question mark. Oh, I thought they were hunting the most dangerous game. Further details. Um, updated two days ago. I'll reframe this. I've invited a new friend out with me while with me while out with a friend or two. This new friend has attached herself to everyone she meets in my circle. What I find weird is that she goes out of her way to tell me she has plans on a certain day with a friend, and later I find out it is one of my fr- it is with one of my friends. I'm not sure why she is being sneaky about hanging with my friends and excluding me. When I go out, she asks me who I was with and what did I do. Weird. Update two days ago. My feelings are not hurt because she doesn't include me. I think it's weird that she doesn't have her own friends to hang out with. What's weird is that she doesn't want me to know that she is chasing my friends around, and they later tell me and they also tell me she is a kook. I think she just. I think she's, uh, well, I don't, I'm assuming this is a friend group of girls. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, I think she's afraid of like being rejected. And I don't mean that in like a, like a pitying way. I mean that in like a, I don't know. Serious I think way. she, yeah, I think someone would do that because they're like actively, they're so afraid that they're going to lose a friendship connection um and maybe she's worried too like maybe in a weird way she's maybe she's not expressing it in the best way maybe she's worried that like she wants to hang out with her friends just one-on-one to meet these people um and maybe they ask her to go and do stuff too um maybe and she just feel weird because she she might think like oh is this part does this person think i'm gonna like steal her friend group away i or maybe she's just being a bitch I, I kind of like Calvin's know. first thought that it's a. Uh, she's playing the most dangerous game. 
she's she's hunting people. She's literally trying to poach his friends. Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think she's pulling up in like a safari. She's just learning pool. their habits so that she can. Yeah, she looks like Van Pelt. Pelt. She's like Van Pelt from Jumanji, where she's just <laughs> hunting. And that's uh, why that's why your friends are saying she's kooky, is because she's like in saying she's like taking them out to lunch and be like, oh, so um, are you a hunter? I am an <laughs> avid hunter. You should come to my private island. We can hunt together. <laughs> I don't know, dude. If some guy, how fast know, can you run? I don't know. <laughs> If that would lure anybody, if you want to lure people to like a people hunting island, you don't lead with like, "Hey, you want to come you're, to my island alone?" You remember that's how the books, the the short story starts, right? Like they're out up. sailing, and yeah, he washes up on it. Like I mean, yeah, they wreck on it, but it's still like, "Oh, you're a hunter. You should stay, and we'll hunt together." Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, but there's also the weird sense that this guy doesn't have a choice because it's like, yeah, no, oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think I think maybe it's both. Maybe yeah. maybe she really does want to hunt your friends. Maybe she's like uh, okay, now let's do us. Yeah, Lara, Lara Croft mixed with Ed Gein. The best combination. <laughs> that would be a movie I would watch. I would make watch a, that movie. It's a lady serial killer movie who yeah, hunts and eats people, but is also yeah. saving Mayan treasures. As she sells the furniture on like Etsy, and it takes people two years to realize <laughs> that is bored. <laughs> that would be kind of funny. I feel like it'd be in the same vein as that freaky movie that just came out, where the serial killer and the teenage girl swap bodies. That actually, that looks so dumb that's... that I want to watch it. Yeah, yeah. it's a movie called Freaky. Evans and... Plus, the girl's really cute. In it. Uh, it's because the Freaky Friday is the story where like what the mom and the daughter swap bodies or whatever yeah it's yeah. a play on that but instead the serial killer is about to kill the high school uh teenager and just as he like stabs down they swap bodies due to some like ritualistic thing so the teenager wakes up in the serial killer's body in his creepy murder shack and has to like convince her friends no it's me we need to stop him he's got my body and is fooling everyone the serial killer winds up in the body of a teenage girl just like the most terrifying combination of things I can think of. Absolutely horrifying. Yep. It's it's good. It's a, it's a good dynamic. It's a good reversal. And everyone loves Vince Vaughn. Even though he doesn't always pick the best movies. I like that man a lot. I'm not a big horror movie person. But I at least re- looked at that one and was like, that's a pretty original take. I like that. The main... Yeah. Oh, God. No, what were you saying? The main actress was is going to be the new Cassie Lang in the new Ant-Man film. Yeah. Cassie, oh, his daughter. Yeah, yeah they already recast the, the chick from uh, Endgame. I'm sorry, <laughs> get the she had like she had like a five minute scene, and then they replaced yeah. her. That's fine. Sorry, lady. Luck next time. Uh, she was in De- Detective Pikachu. Yeah. Oh yeah, she fucking was. I saw that movie. It was good. I thought it was okay. I was like expecting a little more. By um, video game standards, it was pretty good. That's true. By video yeah. game movie yeah. standards, it's like, well, any, but like video game movie have the worst track record. Yeah. Really. I can't name a single one that's really been accepted in the pop culture. Mortal Kombat. Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Did the Dragon Ball, no, the Dragon Ball Z one isn't really, that's not video game. It's not a video game one. Get out of here with that. Let me think. Resident Evil, I guess. Yeah. Resident like, Evil's had a lot of movies. Know. Everyone loves those movies. Yeah, people can't wait for the next Resident Evil movie. Talk about it all the time. Whatever. All right. Yeah. Our next question. If someone belittled you and you became better than him slash her, will you belittle them back? Uh, further details. If someone belittled you one day and you became better than him slash her, will you let them know that you are better than him slash her and belittle them back? Hmm. Oh, probably not. Eh, just be the bigger person. Just yeah, it's like take girls. Like who cares? Got it. I mean, if you were actually better than them, then you wouldn't do that. True. That's a good point, James. If you were better than them, you wouldn't belittle them. Yeah. yeah. I think it's as easy as that. There you go. Our next question: Would this be intruding? With the further details, even if the person lets me in, although she doesn't want to. Wait, 
Don't uh, intrude it. Is it intruding even if the person lets me in, although she doesn't want to? So if someone lets you into their home even though they don't want to? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's one notch on the totem pole away from just forced entry. <laughs> yeah, right. right? <laughs> you can use that same sentence as I held the gun to the person. Yeah, they want to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if you can tell someone doesn't want to let you in, I mean, I guess it really depends. That really depends on the context. Um, I don't know. I think in all instances, it's intruding. It's just how intrusive is it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you really want to talk to somebody and you both have something important to talk about and they've been avoiding it, and obviously this is heavily context and perspective dependent, because like, yeah. You can't just walk in. Like, obviously, you got, you just got to know. Like, I wish I could say it in a better way, but it's like, you want to talk to somebody and you really feel like you have to, you guess go for it, but be fucking mindful of the context. Um, yeah. And uh, I, if you got to do no, it, get out as soon as possible so that you aren't, you're intruding for as little as possible. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, overall, just the way the sentence is phrased, it's definitely like, yeah, if someone doesn't want you in there. That's already one strike, bud. Yeah. <laughs> That's you're only at fifty percent. Like I I don't know. Um yeah, yeah. Just be chill. Don't be chill. Just you'll fucking know. Don't, uh, don't be a douchebag. Next question. Am I a jerk? Sure. Waited for that one. Yep. <laughs> you knew that was coming. I mean, you, you know you set it up. <laughs> uh the further details on that question, uh Am I, the quest, uh, I, the question asker, not RJ, was walking to go into the store. When I got to the door, I opened it, and then someone behind me asked if I could hold the door for them. I just went in the store and let the door close. Okay, I was going to say, if you did, if the person had just said, like, oh, I just, there was someone behind me and I just continued walking, I'd have been like, no, I personally am not a whole fan of the whole, like, you have to stand. Like, in some instances, obviously, if they're immediately behind you, but then it get there's like it just gets too awkward when it's like you have to wait just too long to hold the door for the next person, and then it's like especially when you do the thing where you open the door for them and they go in first, and there's double doors, and then they do the same thing, and it's like, well, this was pointless. Um, <laughs> but uh, in this instance where they specifically ask, yeah, that's that's a that's a, yeah that's, that's a, a jerk move. Yeah, I guess like I don't know. It could be one of those things where it's like you hear them. But it's like too late. Like you're already. Oh, it's too late. I'm sorry. I'm stuck at the door. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah well, not like, <laughs> not like an old lady or something. You're like on your own door, grandma. Like, <laughs> no, uh, no. But sometimes, like, have you ever had that happen where it's like walking and someone you know someone's like maybe a little ways behind you, and you hear them maybe just start to get out, and the door closes. You're already okay. like walking away. You're like, fuck. Like, so, fuck, I'm a, I'm a bad specifically person. because of instances like that, anytime it is possible for me to do so, I will try and use the reflective nature of the door on, uh, like, glass doors to see who is behind me so yeah, I can gauge if I need to hold the door open. Then you're yeah. surrounded just like a Navy sniper <laughs> for courtesy. No, I agree. Like, if you just did it. If it happened on accident, it happens. But, like, yeah, I mean, it's always nice to hold the door open for somebody. I like it when it happens for me. Especially yeah. some other people when it happens for them. But, yeah, you don't don't want to become a person ever where, like, holding a door for somebody becomes, like, this great, like, moral. Well, or, or a great moral action that proves you're just, like, so nice. Oh, yeah. Like, you, you, there's two ways you can go about it. And it's, like, you don't want to go either of those ways. It's, like, just do it because it's something nice to do for somebody else not because it's like yes i held the door open here's my one good deed for the day holding the door hey. open and i'm done back to the shrunken heads of my basement <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. and our last question for the segment what do i do further details my ex is a drug dealer and murderer and i miss him how do i get in touch with him again <sighs> fucking craigslist <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good point james you commit crimes and then you go to jail and you can check in the system where he is yeah exactly a rival drug dealer i would yeah. <laughs> run around a business 
Yeah, exactly. Make him come back to you. Flush him, him come out. Come back hands and knees. Just be the better person and make him suffer. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, well, one. I feel terrible. We shouldn't uh, shame. No, I mean, one, like, if this is a real situation and, like, let's treat all these components as real, and it's like some girl who wants to get back with a drug dealer and a murderer, it's like, I'm saying this in the nice, I'm trying to say this in the nicest way possible. Just get help. Really recon- Don't. Reconsider <laughs> what that means and just think, like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I hope you don't do that. I hope if that's yeah, a real situation, that, I hope that's not your only option. I really do feel for you if that is like that would suck. Um, but if it isn't, don't take it because that's clearly not a great place to be. Um, yeah, not a great, not a great resume. But who knows? Maybe he really is just a nice. He's guy a self-starter and a go-getter. Yeah, exactly. He has ambition. He's a small business owner. <laughs> he can see. Uh, he can see jobs through to completion. Maybe he murdered somebody who is murdering someone, somebody else. Maybe he's like, he's a pharmacist who he was a pharmacist, good guy with a gun. Yes. He's a pharmacist yeah. who has a concealed carry license. Saw someone else who was getting stabbed, so he pulled out his gun and tried to save them. Oh, he's starting like a pharmacy, like kingpin ship in his town, and he wiped out the guy who was. Uh, no, no, he's a good. This is clearly a good man. Oh no, no, wiped clearly out the a good guy. man. Wiped out the guy in the pharmacy across the street from his who was getting everyone hooked on painkillers. Ah, there we go. So we got, uh, we got a little bit of a Dexter thing going on. Yeah, see? It's like killing for business in a righteous cause. A pharmacist I don't who takes out other evil oh, pharmacists. Yeah. <laughs> don't kill people. <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. I, hope that's not an option if it isn't for you please leave if you're asking this is a joke um i'm gonna say i'm gonna go with just become a rival drug dealer yeah run him out of business show him who's the real yeah come on and be a good one be one i would read about in the news don't be one yeah don't be one of those lame nerd high school drug dealers who's got like a single plot or a single plant pot with a weed in it you need like a lady al capone yeah, there we go. I'd watch that movie. I would totally fucking watch that movie. Who do you think is the female, like the the lady act, the actress version of Robert De Niro? I don't know about Robert De Niro, but my first thought as to who would play Alice Capone was Scarlett Johansson. Fuck. I would I say. I would say. Ooh, what would you say? Depending on if it was a comedy, uh, who played? Um. Uh. No, never mind. My first thought was um, in Parks and Rec, uh, Safferstein, uh, Mona Lisa. Oh, oh, if it was Jenny more of a comedy, Slim. she might be able to yeah. do that. I would say if it was a, yeah, she would be good in a comedy. I'd say if it was a drama, I would say like, fuck, I don't know. I'm trying to think of older actresses yeah. who can pull that off. It'd have to be like middle-aged. I mean, obviously, the obvious choice would be something like, oh, Meryl Streep. I'm still looking at Scar Joe. I'm looking at, oh, fuck, I don't know, maybe like Gina Davis. No, not her. Because I mean, was Capone really that old? Capone was... He's like middle-aged. He... Wasn't he? Uh, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, well, I thought he was in his like 30s or 40s. No, maybe he was in his 40s. Yeah, so I, don't I, feel even like, know what... I feel like Meryl Streep would be a little too old if I remember who Meryl Streep is correctly. Yeah, she probably would be. I would do fucking, fuck, I don't know. Yeah. Wish that. Problem is, yeah, I only know Marvel actors, so I I know people. It's just like some of the actors that I would know from like from like movies and shit. Some of the ones I'm thinking of are just too too old. Would be too old to play that role. Yeah. Um. Fuck, Alison Brie. Why not? I actually thought of her too. I thought because she she does generally yeah. have a more serious co- complexion, a more serious facial. Whatever. Yeah, she could she could pull off. She's uh she's pretty hot. <laughs> she's she's oh she's she's awesome. She's she's a really great actress. Um Yeah. And I see and I was off. thinking you had to have somebody who could be that more serious, you know? Well, she's very like feminine, but she's also very like aggressive. It's a very interesting combination because she looks like I don't know, dude, she looks like a little girl, but she's 
fucking here's, she's here's the best example of it that i know of so when i was staying with my uncle for a while i was watching food network and there was a car commercial with her in it and she would like she like drifted in parked the car popped the door told the lady to get in and immediately like sped all over the city like showing off the car features but was very aggressive about it shit like very direct to the point aggressive even though she was like dressed up in a pantsuit and it was oh, like she can be deal she she can be way she can have way more gravity than her appearance would lead you to believe She's especially very, if you only have seen her in community yeah she can play a lot of different roles but even in community i think she does a good job at like i don't know she she plays a very multi-dimensional character and yeah. he's pretty young why not sexualize her <laughs> um, <laughs> uh yeah um i i'll have to think about that that lady uh al capone alice capone that's what we're calling yeah her. it's alice capone um, yeah. Got so many. If I was gonna pick a story idea we came up with tonight, I think I'd have to go with the second Wait, one. I'm gonna. Go I might have misheard you. Which actress did you uh, say? Uh, Meryl Streep. And then. Um, said Gina Davis. Did you but say Allison Brie or Brie Larson? Allison Brie. Damn it! I thought Brie Larson. Not... <laughs> I got no, no, Brie, Larson, Brie Larson's okay. She's okay. I bet you know who I bet. I bet Jennifer Lawrence could be a good eh, Alice Capone. Maybe. No, no, no. I think yeah. she could. I, I think she could. I think she's like, quote unquote, and she's rough enough to play it. I think for I, me, I, it would I, be, if she pulled it off, it would be an excellent example of her range. Yes. The, I think she has the range to do it. You'd have to, I mean, it would totally depend. But I think, and she's about at age range where you could do like, a thing where you start out with Alice Capone younger and then going through like, like the whole life, like life. Yeah. 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 And then and then end with her like a good fellas Alice Capone. That yeah. would be cool. Okay. Yeah, I, would, I would totally watch that movie. So, you fucking let's see Hollywood, god damn it, make these movies. <laughs> so we got Alice Capone. Uh we're I guess we're gonna go with uh Jennifer Lawrence. Who is El- right. who is the Elliot Ness character? Oh like, shit! Is it also going to be a like a female? I don't. I don't know that like necessarily LAS? has to be. Because I'm. I think I'm imagining right now that the Alice Capone is a modern day, like or maybe like slightly distant future where alcohol gets outlawed again for some reason, and Alice Capone is a new like they, it's a new showdown that mirrors history. Oh, I fucking know. Who? We should get Tilda Swinton to play yes. Elliot. Ness. Holy shit! <laughs> she that would she be perfect? She'd just be so good at playing cold. Like that's the thing is like I would love to see because in in uh, the Untouchables, like Costner's Elliot Ness is like oh he's a Family Guy like it's like yeah he's relatable. He's like and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean the guy was probably to a degree like that. I'd love to see an Elliot Ness like spin. Where he's just like cold, just well, like a uh, a woman of the law. And the she's story like, is from you. Alice Capone's point of view, so it would be it absolutely makes sense that the Ness yes. character is cold and the long arm of the law. Yeah, yeah. I, I would totally. I would watch that. I would want it to be a combo of like, oh, because I think it'd be cool if you film something like that, kind of like Goodfellas, where it's almost more like documentary, like going through this person's life, and it's like loose collections of scenes. With like, because there's no like central villain in Goodfellas. It's just his like story. Okay. At the same time, I'm so drawn to this idea of like, of like an Alice Capone type coming against, uh, like coming up against like a Tilda Swinton. I love the two movies where like two great personalities like really clash, and you can get behind both of them are great. I love them. Um, produce that movie if i had the money we've had some great movie ideas this week we have dude what the hell i mean come on but we're not a movie podcast no not we're not yet some not yet we're working on it we're gonna turn that uh (laughs) oh there is a movie podcast though that uh story break where their entire thing was like pitching dumb movie ideas and for their second season they just decided to write a movie Nice. that's awesome i have to go back and double check but i think it was that a bunch of gangsters have to heist heaven I wanted to, uh, 
in time a couple of years ago. I know we're close to ending, but I do yeah. want to, I do want to get this. Yeah, go for it. Uh, one time a couple of years ago, I was watching, um, you know, that Rankin Bass stop motion animated Santa Claus is coming to town. Yeah. Like sat down and watched that movie with my family. And I was like, uh, I was like, for the fun of it, like just for shits and giggles, I, I started writing down like who I would cast if I would make like a live action production of it like a movie like a live action reboot or something and obviously we wanted to be good well you it was know just who santa claus is right like who chris kringle would be yeah it's eddie redmayne oh i see i was gonna say chris pratt no it's gotta be eddie redmayne uh, kringle's I, a, little, just a little too awkward to be pratt i think i think chris pratt could lend something is it, the thing is you don't want the reboot to be exactly like that's the worst thing that live action. Well, yeah, like, but like even in if I'm remembering Santa Claus is coming to town correctly, Kringle shows up and he's very earnest, but he's also very likable. What about Chris oh, Pine. Oh yeah. Ooh. Chris Pine. I think he's Ooh. too handsome. Uh, like the Chris Kringle needs to look like boyish and mannish. Like Chris, Chris Pratt is this? <laughs> well, I think Chris, no. Chris Pratt can like he looks like kind of schlubby. I mean, even Rip. I mean, at one point he did. I think the I difference think, is I can see Pratt getting back to that. I've never seen yeah. Pine at that stage, but I've also only ever like recognized him in Wonder Woman, so I don't have enough to know. Thought too. Uh, I was talking about this with a guy I work with, and he threw out this great idea because I was like, okay, so th- this was my. It was like Chris Pratt for Chris Kringle, and then it would be like John Goodman for the Burgermeister. Um, i was gonna have um eddie redmayne actually i did think of him i wanted him to play the guy with the mustache and the helmet oh i kind of i want to see eddie eddie redmayne in a really comedic role i think he'd be really funny because he is like kind of awkward and gangly and i think he could play that character really funny um and for the winter warlock it was either I was waffling between like Jeffrey Tambor or um, Conan O'Brien. You wouldn't do Ian McKellen? I, no, because I want him to. He's got to be like goofier than that. Like he's got to be like, and he can't be. He he can be old, but not like so. But I'll talk with, <laughs> yeah, I was talking with a guy at work, and he actually threw out one that I would totally go with. I'm gonna lock it in. He said Jeff Goldblum yes. for the Winter Warlock, and I was like, that's, that's a perfect Goldblum. That's pretty good. That's genius. I would totally watch like get that cast together. I don't know who would play uh what's her fucking name? It's Jessica. The and like Yeah. Yeah, the his like love interest. I think you could like oh and then for the what is it for the elves at the workshop, I wanted to do like who did I want to do? I can't fucking remember. Seth I wanna do like I wanted to do comedy people. I wanted to do like Annie DeVito, um Someone like maybe even like Colin Farrell, uh, I don't know, just like different personalities like working together. But I think for Jessica, you know, the obvious one is like Jessica Chastain because it's like yeah, she just looked like her. Um, I don't know, I don't know who I do for the for the girl. I can't remember. I yeah, I love doing that stuff. Just like thinking of like if I wanted to make this, like how would I do it? Um, yeah, that was fun. That movie, I like that movie. Cool. Well. Uh, thanks for joining again this week, fellas. It was a good time. Of course. Thank you to the band Problem of Interest for letting us use the song Living in the Moment off the album Cross Off Yesterday. Find that on iTunes and Spotify. We're on iTunes and Spotify. Leave reviews, downloads, follow us, whatever. Uh, if we get to 100 listens, 100 downloads, 100 whatever measure- metric it is that they use. I should know this. I'm running the show downloads 100 downloads we're gonna review gum so do that so we can do that uh if you're if we're gonna get to that 100 you need to share the show it's super easy we've had some people who've been sharing the meme monday posts on facebook that's awesome keep it up also remember to share the episode posts on facebook and twitter and like share it with your friends and be like hey you're driving for four hours and you need something to break up a little bit of the monotony so you uh, have a reason to listen to the good stuff again, listen to this for an hour. Because we're on Facebook and Twitter. 
Better Buddies on Facebook, at Better Budcast, or no, yeah, at Better Budcast on Twitter, hashtag Better Buddies when you're tweeting about the show. Like I said, we have our Meme Mondays. Those have been pretty successful for the first two weeks. That's continuing for the rest of eternity. So if you have memes you want us to put into the rotation, send them in. Uh, we have our Gmail. You can send those memes to betterbuddiescast at gmail.com. You can also send us fan letters, hate letters, fan art, hate art, declarations of love and war, uh, gum, mint recommendations, answer a icebreaker if you want, or suggest an icebreaker. And last but not least, be a better buddy. Hey, James. Oh, hello. Hello. We can hear okay. you. Can you hear us? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Can you? Are you sure? Yeah, I just got a, a weird message that said Discord couldn't hear me. But if you guys can hear me, then okay. Discord can't hear you. Yeah, but Discord can't hear you. Oh, thank God. You're not watching. What are you hiding from Discord, now. James? I, what are you hiding? I don't, any, I don't have anything against Discord. I swear to God, please don't put it on my record. Tell it Tell it to the Discord police. That'd be kind of funny. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> it'd be horrendously <laughs> awful and overreach of their power. Yeah, it'd be terrifying. Would it be like a little funny? I mean, like a maybe. little bit. Like, can you imagine if you saw some guy getting pulled out of his house by two people wearing Discord logos and, like, full SWAT gear? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be, like, insane? <laughs> You'd be like, oh, I guess we're here. Okay. The corporations okay. have taken over. That'd be so... It wouldn't be cool, but it would be funny. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying do that. Don't take my advice, Discord. Nope. Please don't. Well, Discord can't <laughs> hear you, so it's okay. This is true. true. It's all on. <laughs> 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 my God. <laughs> Thank God.